Welcome to Getting Into Good Trouble, where we trouble your mind with troubles from around the world. I'm Aubrey, and today we're talking about the latest developments with the indictment of Benjamin Netanyahu, Prime Minister of Israel, and implications for the Jewish-Palestinian conflict in Israel. Let's welcome our host, Emma Dickey. Take it away, Emma. Thank you, Aubrey. You mentioned that this has implications in Israel, but honestly, it seems like it potentially has global implications. You may know that Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, was found guilty of abuse of power. Netanyahu claims that this is an attempt by his enemies to overthrow him. The Jewish versus Arab conflict seems like his going on forever. So what now? Israel is now facing its third election in a year. That has some crazy implications, including at least one scenario where an Arab-led group could take power. What was Netanyahu charged with, and do people believe his story that he is the victim? First of all, a little background about who Netanyahu is. Netanyahu is the prime minister of Israel who tried to unify the Jewish religious right against the Palestinian Arabs during his campaign with the idea that Israelis are pure and innocent and the Arabs are violent animals. His position is popular with extremists. He also scared people into voting for him by insisting that the Arab population is trying to grow and take over. Arabs make up a third of the population. He is currently being ousted as prime minister and the leader of the right-wing party. His opponents say that his damage will last for years because he has fueled hatred that will, will be left behind after he leaves. His rival, Benny Gantz, of the Blue and White Party, but he can't form an effective government either. The next largest party is the minority center-left government, backed by Israel's Arab-dominated party, who makes up the third largest voting bloc in the Knesset, Israel's governing body. Right now, neither Netanyahu or Gantz has been able to form a government, so Israel is looking at having the third election this year. So, if the lawmakers of the Knesset fail to agree on a candidate, the Knesset will dissolve and the Israelis will have to vote again in the spring of 2020. Some have suggested that Gantz and Netanyahu share the role of prime minister. This is interesting because something like that, political rivals sharing power, wouldn't happen in the United States. Here's a simplified and very brief summary of the events so far. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict has been dated back thousands of years. In 1300 BCE, the Jewish settled in Israel and built their temple. The Roman Empire took over the land from the Jewish people, destroyed the temple, leaving only the western wall standing. The Romans gave the land to the Arabs, the rivals of the Jews, and named it Palestine. The Palestine Arabs were the Jewish enemies. The Palestinians built the Dome of the Rock monument over the ruins of the Jewish temple, still leaving the western wall. Zionism is a belief that there should be land dedicated to the Jewish people, a fully Jewish state. But this region was still mainly Muslim. In 1929, the Jewish and Arab population grew significantly. During World War II, Britain promised the Arabs and Jews land in exchange for their help. In 1948, after World War II, Israel became officially recognized as a country. The Jews and Arabs were still heated with each other, believing they each had a claim on the Holy Land, and in 1967, they had enough of each other, and they started the first Intifada, or uprising. Intifada I was a Palestinian uprising against the Israeli occupation of the West Bank and Gaza Strip that lasted for six years. Even after the first Intifada was over, the tensions were still very high between Jews and Palestinians. Countries saw tensions between the groups and tried to help, and in 1993, the Oslo Peace Accord was signed, which is a set of agreements between Israel and Palestine. However, the agreement didn't last long when the second intifada began in 2000. Tensions and fighting between the two groups have been strong ever since, which brings us to the present where the fighting and distrust between the two is still strong. There are many proposed solutions ranging from a one-state solution in which everyone lives side by side 
to a two-state solution that separates the two, to a multi-state solution in which each region has its own alliance. This peace process has been at a stalemate for years. Recently, documents were leaked showing that the, in the past, Israeli leaders came to the peace talks with no intention of abiding by agreements reached. How does someone make others agree with them? Be charismatic and charming. Promise things that you will never do and blame things that you can't do on your opposition. During a major crisis, convince everyone to give you more power. How does Netanyahu's attack against Arabs relate to the larger conflict between Israel and Palestine? I think he is just escalating the situation, regardless if you agree with him or not. I think he is also very pro-Israel and wanted to do a lot through Israel's position in the world and reduce Arab influence. I think it's going against what he said about how Israel is innocent and the Arabs are the only ones being violent. I think it makes him a hypocrite, but no one wants to admit it. He tries to make his country look like the good guys by trying to cover up things he does and then no one hears about them, which makes the whole situation more messy and complicated. I think his bias against them is a product of many years of hostility between Arabs and Israelites. There is definitely an us versus them in the position that he wants to encourage. What do you think is the main reason why Netanyahu is against Arabs? That he just doesn't even want to compromise or doesn't even see the point? Well, he was raised to believe that the Jewish relationship with non-Jews in Palestine is a zero-sum game, meaning that in order for one side to win, the other has to lose. The only solution in his mind is Israel gets sole access to the land and Arabs must leave. He doesn't seem to believe compromise is acceptable. What we have learned from studying other world conflicts is that this is not a sustainable position and usually blocks progress. My main question that I think would interest a lot of people is why do you think he was voted prime minister for this long if not much good is coming out of his leadership? To me, it seems to be mainly conflicting with the good of the people. It has been reported that he basically told everyone that the law of term limits should not be a thing anymore, so he thought he would be the prime minister until he dies. Now that he has been found guilty of crimes, he cannot get enough support in the Knesset to leave it anymore. Interestingly, neither can his opponent. Some have suggested that they try running Israel together. I have a question to what Aiden said. Why do you think that the people are okay with the continued violence and the conflict? Also, why does he want the trouble? Why didn't he just try to compromise in the first place? I have no idea why he wants trouble because he's putting innocent people's lives in danger and people are constantly getting hurt. Compromise seems like a foreign idea to him. This seems rooted in fear. He says that if Israel put down their weapons that the Palestinian Arabs would slaughter them. I think his family may very, very well have been anti-Arab, and this conflict could have been indoctrinated on early into his life. He also probably wants control over all Israeli land in the West Bank and Gaza. What will happen now that Netanyahu and his wife have been found guilty of bribery? I think that at this point, um, since neither his government nor his opposition can form a government, the, Israel, uh, the Arab party might be able to take control. I fear that there will either be a civil war or likely a military coup. I think that they need to come to some sort of compromise, which is going to be really hard because of the Zionists and they really want it to be like all of their land and that's gonna be really hard to share, but they need to work out something. It allows them to be together and live peacefully. And then, like Barrett said, if an Arab leader comes in, that might lead to a civil war. That doesn't, like, the Zionist idea could easily just be like, okay, well, if 
as long as we're all together, then we can all just find another place to live. Because their most holy site for their religion is in Jerusalem. So I feel like until we have some sort of a neutral leader in Israel, yeah. then we can't really settle anything. Yeah. One idea would be what if the government was not affiliated with either of the religions and simply Doing uh, things for the better of the yeah, country. And did, yeah, exactly. And did things just for the better of the country. And as long as the people were living peacefully there, they would be, the government would let them live there. Obviously, these two groups seen, see a lot of history and a lot of religion, a lot of value. I know that my religion is very important to me and to put our feet in their shoes and see how it would feel. Another way to compare it or look at it is by like just simply having your home taken away from you. This is obviously, we're going to have to keep an eye on the news to see further developments in this complicated conflict between the two. This situation is far from resolved, but at least now we can have a better understanding and can keep an eye on the latest developments to answer the question about who will lead Israel going forward. Thank you to our speakers, Emma, Aubrey, Barrett, Jesse, and Aiden. See you next time!